Patrick drank oh well a twelve pack and a little bit more, and now he's sleeping in the studio bed. And I thought it would be kind of fun to uh, let everybody kind of hear what he sounds like when he's sleeping. Uh, he's still got his headset on, which is just cute as hell. So let's get in a little bit. Let's get in there and check it out. Inside Tutuatu, a.k.a. the Brooklyn Zoo, via the internet. The date is Sunday, April 27th, 2014, and I am your host. My name is June. And this, this, of course, is a hideous creature show. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming and playing fake radio with me on the internet. Uh, Patrick and Jenny are not here. They both have children, and they both, uh, well, well, Jenny's a full-time mommy. And Patrick is a—he works full time, and then he has two twin boys, so he's got a—he's got a full plate. And thus, they are not going to be here. But uh, we are trying to get shows together where we can all coincide with the with the time that we can do it. But unfortunately, that's just not in the cards lately. But uh, I'm going to do a mixtape show. Yeah, okay. here we go. Mixtape show. And uh, I was thinking of a theme for today, and I came up with the idea of uh, doing something kind of chronologically. So from when I was young to maybe now, like from when when I, my first influences to kind of what I've, you know, listening to now, although I don't really listen to music right now. But, you know, if I uh, hear something, I go, hey, I like that. That's what we're going to do. But before we get to that, I have to make a remark on something. And that is, I was driving to work and I saw this woman. And uh, she was walking. She, I don't know, it's not speed walking. I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but she was, we'll say she was speed walking. Anyway, she had on like running gear. And that's something that's always kind of, fascinated me being that people have to wear a certain attire to do a certain task for instance there's a tour de france there's the people that ride their bicycles they have to have their their bicycle attire and then there's people that uh jog and they have to have jogging attire and i can understand uh runners having to wear specific shoes because you know running shoes or cyclists wearing shoes for cycling but any other garb seems to be kind of superfluous seems to be kind of you don't need it but anyway i saw this woman and she was walking and she had on running gear but she was she looked like a a fucking running sherpa she had so much shit on her person like she was, it looked like she was going to be running across the Mojave Desert, but she was just in southeast Portland. She had on one of those uh, water bladders that you like a backpack thing. I think they're called a camel hump or something like that, which has a tube that runs down her uh, the front of her her chest, and then she can drink through it. And then she had two different I don't know what on her her chest kind of uh, other water sources or something. I don't know what it was. And those were kind of, it looked like she had like a special forces uh, uh, soldier garb on. Like she had like a, you know, a, a grenade vest or something. And she had a different thing, different, I don't know what the fuck was in there. They looked like 
you know, enormous pill box, or t- pill bottles on her chest. And then she, of course, had a fanny pack on the front and a fanny pack on the back. And I was thinking, holy shit, where is she going? Is she not going to return? And then I thought, no, she's one of those people that needs to take her shit with her. I love my shit so much that I need to take it running with me. Not only that, but I need to go buy shit so that I look like I'm serious about running. I don't know if she's talking herself into it or what, but I I was impressed. I was like, holy shit, that lady means business. But anyway, uh, she had all that stuff on, and I was thinking, fucking A, is she, what the fuck is she doing with all that stuff? Mm, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know why people need to, uh, to, to take shit out with them. I mean, that my favorite time of year is summertime, so I can go out with my jeans and my shoes and my shirt and just go without any shit. I don't have to take a coat. Anything that I have to worry about, I just, like, go. But I guess some folks need, uh, need to take their stuff with them. I wonder if she was a, a, had a security blanket as a child or something. Like, uh, I don't know, a doll or something she carried around. And once she grew out of that, she kind of supplemented it with something else. Enter crap that she needs to take with her. Anyway, Patrick and Jenny, we miss you very much. And uh, I can't wait to do a show with you. Jenny and I have been... Uh, communicating and trying to get uh, a time together to do a show and Patrick of course never returns our calls because he's too important he thinks his shit doesn't stink is what I think that's right Patrick I'm talking about you anyway let's get into this Uh, what's the first thing I have I think the first thing I have on the docket here is Jimi Hendrix and it's Voodoo Child and my dad was a huge music fan and uh, he used to listen to this, and he'd uh, put it on the record player and blast Electric Ladyland. And it would just be uh, seeping through every little crevice of the house. So there's nowhere in the house that I could, I could run to and hide without hearing his music when he would listen to it. And uh, I'm glad he did, because it's a good, in- it's a good one. Jimi Hendrix, Voodoo Child.
shit. What I'm trying to figure out what year this is. Um, I think it was 93, 1993, 1893, 93 or 94. Uh, my, I was living with this, uh, a buddy of mine and, uh, he got a tattoo gun <laughs> and he's like, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start doing tattoos. I, I, he got an apprenticeship, but, uh, and he offered, you know, hey, I need people to work on. Do you want a tattoo? He asked me. And I, I, of course, was like, well, yeah, duh, of course I need a tattoo. And he, he's just starting out. He wasn't very good. And uh, instead of getting letters or anything, you know, anything easy, I, 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 uh, I asked him to do a tattoo of Jimi Hendrix. And, uh, of course he's like, well, shit, that sounds like something they know that, that it, I could, a uh, learning experience, you know, tattooing, uh, my fifth tattoo of Jimi Hendrix on my buddy's arm. And, uh, he did it. Needless to say, I have a tattoo of Jimi Hendrix on my left shoulder that looks like wolf, the wolf man. Uh, friends make fun of me. They call it the wolf man or, uh. They call it, uh, I forget, but they, I get made fun of a lot for it, but I haven't had it done over or anything like that because, um, I, I just think that I was young and, and dumb and I trusted my friend that didn't have a knack for tattooing to give me a tattoo of, of Jimi Hendrix on my, uh, on my arm. And I think that it just, it should be left like that, you know? In fact, I was kind of thinking I would augment the tattoo by having a nice picture frame around it and the date put on it, but I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. But thanks. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, but thank you, roommate with the tattoo gun. <laughs> That's funny shit. Ah, I'll keep it forever. I'll hold it dear. It was one. Of, it was a great time of my life, but... Uh, all right, the next song that I have up is another influence from my father, and it's it's Aretha Franklin. He uh, he loved Aretha Franklin. He played some Aretha Franklin in the house, of course, the house on what Southeast Raymond, and it was another one of those experiences where I couldn't run, I couldn't hide from the music. I was tortured by my dad's by my dad's knack, my dad's natural talent for knowing what good music sounds like. At that, and he was a hi-fi guy, so he always had the state-of-the-art hi-fi no matter what. Anytime, you know, when we progressed from records into CDs, he was on the forefront of CDs. In fact, he was interviewed on the news for uh, a CD. The Beatles were the first, uh, I think the first, uh, whatever, whoever distributed the, the Beatles were the first to put the CD out, and he was... Uh, they went to my dad for, hey, what, what's a CD? And my dad was on the news talking about what a CD was. But, uh, yeah, he influenced me in a lot of ways with uh, music. And, of course, Aretha Franklin was one of them. If you want
So eventually I start growing up and I start uh, having my own influences and uh, departing from my, you know, just having my father's music being the uh, solitary music that I listen to. And where does a young boy in the early 80s go to find, to find things, to find himself? Where, what music can a, can a young preteen relate to? I have a lot of emotion, world. I got a lot of emotion, world. You don't understand me. You don't know what it's like to be young and full of passion. Well, I do know. I do know. <laughs> I do know. Who knows? And, of course, that would be Van Halen. And, of course, that would be... Uh, the album Fair Warning, which I bought from a guy in high school. It felt like a drug deal, but it wasn't. His name was Rick Schultz, and uh, he sold me his, uh, I think he was getting into death metal. So he was like giving, you know, he was way more evolved than I was musically. And he uh, sold me his 33 album of Fair Warning. And uh, I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, so... uh, so then after after having my father's music and my, my mother, she didn't listen to much music at the time, and uh, being solely influenced by him, I found my niche. I connected. And, of course, it was with Van Halen.
Well, <laughs> well, time went by a little bit. Let's fast forward. Let's, uh, we're still in high school, but let's get to the meat. Let's get to where we're starting to actually uh, find it. I don't no, I, I take that back. I think nobody finds music. You're you're introduced to it. Nobody stumbles on a treasure chest, opens it up, and there's a bunch of uh, CDs or records or MP3s or whatever the fuck is in there. You're you're shown by your friends. And anyway, uh, in high school, uh, I was shown. I was into skateboarding, and I was shown punk rock. And I, was, uh, I went, this is the shit. This is the best thing in the world. Nobody, nobody understands the emotions that I've got. But the dead Kennedys did. I am Governor Jerry Brown. My heart smiles and never frowns. Soon I will make the rest. Still teenagers, so there's more punk rock. The Circle Jerks. the Minutemen.
So where are we at? We're at maybe uh, 80, why don't we say 87? We're at 1987 right now. And uh, D. Boone died, who was the uh, lead singer, guitar player of the Minutemen. And uh, Mike Watt, who was a bass player of the Minutemen, went on to uh, form another group called Firehose. And we watched a lot of skate videos at the time. And that's kind of where all of the, uh, a lot of the music that we would kind of go buy the records from. We'd watch the skate videos and uh, look at the notes at the end, the scroll, and go, hey, that's the song that Nodis was skating to, and that's the song that I need to have. So I'm going to go to the record store, and I'm going to buy that record. I go to 2nd Avenue Records in downtown Portland, Oregon, and buy records. And that's where I bought this one. And it's Firehose. Captain, there are doubts regarding If you had a skateboard and you had a v- VHS player at home or you had a friend that did and you watched that segment that Nodis skated to that that song's from, motherfucker, you were just goggling. You're going, oh, my fucking shit. Holy fuck, fuck. That's what we did when we'd watch Nodis or Gons or all those guys skate. We'd just be like, I'm <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And then we'd go skate like, you know, it would give us, it would energize our little skateboard batteries and we'd go out, pull the jump wrap out of the garage, throw it in the middle of the street, rain or shine, and 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 tear shit up. And it was fun. Nothing would fly you into a girl's heart faster than a method off a jump ramp. Who's that guy? Oof. Who's that guy? I need to make out with him later. Maybe get a little... We get a little love. But we would all be lying to ourselves if we didn't acknowledge our girlfriends, 
or our boyfriends that listened to The Cure, because The Cure was Cure was fucking huge, or it was in 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 the groups I ran with. I guess we called them pre-goth, or were they just full-on goth? I don't know. The death metal guys and gals, and then the goth people kind of merged together. I think the death metal guys like to stab people, and the goths like to be stabbed. So there was like a some sort of harmony there. But regardless, you can't acknowledge you cannot acknowledge that the Cure wasn't a presence. And I went through a deep period that my girlfriend really liked the Cure, like, and she liked Susie Sue and uh, Depeche Mode, and I was like, "Fuck that! Fuck that shit! It's not hard enough." Uh, again, I was emotionally rebellious. and But the cure was huge. So he was the cure. Let me take your hands, I'm shaking like milk. If you have the cure, you have to have their ugly brother over, which is Depeche Mode. And I kind of have to, excuse me, I have to vent a little bit here. I have to let something go. And that is, I have to apologize to my high school girlfriend, Karen, who loved Depeche Mode. And I gave her so much shit about it in the day. And after we'd broke up and uh, high school was over, or I think my senior year or whatever. I actually, no, it wasn't my senior year. I graduated from high school and I bought a Depeche Mode record. And I'd like to apologize, Karen. I'm sorry for giving you so much shit. You did have good taste in music, so. This is Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> 
And this is a song about heroin. This is another song about junk. And I thought about doing, maybe in, maybe in a later episode, I'll do a, an all mixtape of all songs about heroin. Or not. Fuck heroin. But this is Depeche Mode. Sorry, Karen. a metaphor well we kind of opened a can of worms with the new wave shit so you can't do any of that without having a little bit of the violent femmes which karen listened to and i didn't like i kind of liked it i just didn't want to you know i had this tough exterior as a young man that i wanted to exude you know through me <laughs> through music but anyway, she liked Violent Femmes, and eventually I really like the Violent Femmes, and uh, why not like the Violent Femmes? So this is, of course, the Violent Femmes. When I'm a walking, I strut my stuff, and I'm so strung out. I'm high as a kite, I just might stop to check you out. Let me go on, like I glister in the sun. Let me go on, big 
Films, I don't think gets enough credit. That guy kills it. Stop it. Stop the tape right now and go back and listen to to the bass in that song. It's fantastic. That guy is he kills every fucking song. And he plays on an acoustic too. I I don't think it's upright. I think it's just like a hand, you know, like a acoustic. But fucking A, that guy kills. So we're almost out of high school. What happens in 1988? What happens in 1988 that changes your life forever well i'll tell you it's a band and it's uh it's bad brains when i first heard bad brains i just i fell in love and this is a fun fact uh my friend had a tape of a tape of a tape because we're too poor and stubborn to go buy a record i cleaned up my buddy's barf off the uh my friend's bathroom floor to borrow a bad brains tape so i could take it home and tape it and the barfer now works for a prestigious movie studio <laughs> anyway so the, this is bad brains
am still popping like a thousand boners over that band. That is, I still love Bad Brains. I love them so much that I am going to put you through another song because they're so good. They're such, I think they were the largest influence of, of musically at the time. Like you give a shit. You get on your knees and you listen to this Bad Brains song. even through high school yet and uh we're already at uh close to an hour looks like this uh this mixtape might go into a two-parter <laughs> breaking ground tell you fuck shit up when you're 40 you make a two-parter uh podcast so the last band of this uh the first part of this is in i guess i graduated in 1989 and this is before that Jesus. It would have to be... There's two bands, actually. We're going to play one, and we'll play the other one. But this was, of course, uh, around this time. Or it was before this time, but I really got into, of course, the Sex Pistols. It's punk, right? You're into it. You're living it. Got so much passion for life. Like to your old dude screaming to go microphone. Wait a minute. Did I just call myself out? I think I did. All right. Well... Here's the sex pistols. I don't want a holiday in the sun. I want to go to the new bell sun. I want to see some history. Because now I got a reason of an economy.
was younger in my teenage days, I had a family friend that would always buy me birthday presents, but she would always buy me uh, tapes. So whatever musician or band or whatever that I liked, she would uh, go, hey, what tapes do you want? And I would always ask her for whatever, you know, she listened to because she was a pretty big influence on uh, my music taste at the time. And one year I went, I want the Violent Femmes and I want Red Hot Chili Peppers. And this is a, this is in the 80s, ladies and gentlemen, with Hillel. Uh, he was their first guitar player before they got uh, John Frisiani. But I got it because it was, of course, an escape video. And they were doing a Hendrix song, and they were playing alive, and they were they were completely naked except for socks on their dicks. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's crazy!" And and of course, I needed whatever they had, so I asked her to get me a uh, a Violent Femmes and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and whatever they had the fire. And she found an EP that they had done, and with Jimi Hendrix. So this is uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers doing fire from the 80s. So we're coming to the end of another Hideous Screech Show, episode number 204. And we're just, just now leaving high school. And it's it's going to get better. At least, I don't know, from my perspective. <laughs> Maybe not for you. I don't know. I think when uh, high school ended, I got a little bit more influenced in uh, music. And there's also, you know, Portland and Seattle were about to explode. Seattle in particular. I mean, they've, I mean, Nirvana came out of there, Mud Honey. Uh, Tad, all those groups came out of there, but they were always in Portland as well as Seattle before they got big. They, you know, it was the two big cities in your little uh, tour route. But what are we going to leave with? What I, I'm trying to think of what we're going to leave the show with uh, for a teaser for next time. Let's let's reflect here, shall we? All right. We have uh, a lot of Portland musicians that were really good at the time. Uh, there was that. Hold on, I need a piece of paper. I need to write some stuff down here. Okay, we got that. Carry, carry the two. All right. I still don't know. Ah, ah. Wait, I got it. Okay, hold on. I'm doing some more math. Welcome to the think tank. Four plus seven is nine thousand. All right. It's of it. it Duh, it came out. Math done. It's Dinosaur Jr. A special thanks this week goes out to Mike Kelly, of course. I'd like to congratulate our good friend, uh, Chef Rob, and his beautiful uh, fiance, Megan. Congratulations, you guys. And I would like to say uh, a 
hey, Nick, uh, get better soon, buddy. And I hope that uh, those perpetrators get their nuts shot off. Another shout-out goes to my friend Tyler. Tyler, I love you, and you know why. That's leaving it bleak. Uh, Tyler got his 30-day coin. He's clean and sober, and I just wanted to say that I'm proud of him and that it's a big deal. I couldn't do it. There's no fucking way I could do that. I like my libations. But uh, we're going to do a, the intro was uh, me recording Patrick. The outro, of course, is going to be Dinosaur Jr. And we will see you uh, for the second part of this. Do yourself a favor, everyone. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend about the show if you like it. And have a wonderful, wonderful time on our planet. Toodles. Toodles.